Hey everyone, welcome to the Hug Church Podcast. You're listening to episode number eight. My name is Eunice and you may be noticing that I'm slightly under the weather. I'm on the mend, I assure you, and hope you all are keeping healthy as well. So today I wanted to start off with a shout out to a hug attendee and her name is Abby. She mentioned to me that she tunes in each week and I want to personally say thanks to Abby for all of your support. And for all you others who tune in, won't you push pause right now and leave us a review? We'd love to know who's tuning in and we'll be sharing a review next week on the next episode. Well, without further ado, I want to introduce my husband, Eddie, who'll be continuing to share on the topic, Simplify. Happy Chinese New Year. Happy. Did you know that this week was Chinese New Year? Or to be a little bit more inclusive, Happy Lunar New Year, right? Right. So does anyone know what animal this lunar calendar year is? It is the year of the pig, okay? And in honor of the pig, I have changed my Instagram handle to Eddie Pork from Eddie Park. Because apparently there are two other more famous Eddie Parks. One is a child actor model, and I'm very upset that he's more popular than I am. And uh, there is going to be a rising baseball pitcher that's going to be in the MLB who is also named Eddie Park. So I've decided to change my name to Eddie Pork in honor of the lunar calendar and because no one is named Eddie Pork. And in honor of that, people have been DMing me on Instagram these questions. And so I thought I'd do this Q&A a little bit. So um, all two or three of you that submit questions your chances of getting picked is going to get a little slimmer, all right? Because more people are going to bring in questions. But I got this question. I'm having trouble purging items. We're doing a, a, a campaign of purging, letting things go, simplifying, minimalizing our life a little bit, right? 5,000 items, okay? And uh, this is what this person said. I'm having trouble purging items. I like nice things and struggle with, is this materialistic? What does the Bible say about materialism? Just because it's expensive, does it mean it is wrong? Hashtag ask Eddie Pork at Eddie Pork, okay? Just got to throw that in a little bit. So any, anybody else struggle with this a little bit? Struggle with the materialism? What is materialism? What counts? What designates as materialism? I, I personally struggle with this a little bit. And because growing up... Um, I had a very, I grew up in a household with a very poverty mindset. Do you guys know what that means a little bit? Like, I grew up basically thinking that to be Christian is to be poor. Anybody else have that kind of background a little bit? Yeah. To be Christian is to be poor a little bit. And so, like, I, I can, we, we bought our shoes from Payless Shoes and only shopped at Marshalls. Now, people who are listening to the podcast are saying, are judging me hardcore, right? Because they're like, fool, I shopped at Goodwill and stuff like that. Well, just, just to give you a little context, podcast listeners, okay, I, I grew up upper middle class, okay? So for me, that was, that was not status quo, okay? So I grew up with this mindset that to be Christian is to be poor and to be frugal and have nothing, okay? Except... What was confusing is that the car that my mother drove was a Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. And she's not only had one Mercedes-Benz, she's had two Mercedes-Benz. Oh, my gosh. I sound like Joel Osteen up here, right? Two Mercedes-Benz up here. So 
very, very confusing. Why? It's because as we're purging items, I think I probably got rid of about 150 articles of clothing, okay? Wow. I got rid of a lot of retreat t-shirts that I got for free, okay? <laughs> Why do I need them anymore, <laughs> right? I don't know. But I've, I've got it down. I got my wardrobe down. I've got a lot of things down. And it's like, I'm like the guy that lost 30 pounds, that shed 20 fast, but the last 10 pounds are really hard to shed. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's like that last five, that last 10 pounds is really hard to shed. I purge a lot, but it's like I still have stuff to give away. And I have like, do I keep this? Do I let this go? But if I let that go, like this is nice, this is expensive. Like do I really? And so I'm having hard time, a little hard time with this. Anybody kind of feel me on this? What, what do you like, how do you know what to keep? right? And how do you know what to get rid of? It's kind of hard. What's like the fine line? What's the principle? What's the framework? And I feel like, you know, this has been, you know, this has been um, difficult for some people because we are in this season where all of America is Mary condoing their life, okay? They're not even watching the show, but they're purging, getting rid of, organizing their life. And Mary Kondo has a principle of how to keep or how to get rid of, and, and she asked this one question. Do you know what that question is? Does it spark joy, okay? And I think that's great if it works for you, but for me, I'm like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> what does you, it spark, it might spark joy tomorrow, it might not spark joy today, it sparked joy yesterday, but I don't feel about it, you know what I mean? It's so subjective and abstract, it's like, I can't use this principle. It's, it changes every day, every minute. I don't know if it sparks joy. It might spark joy 10 years from now. I'm not sure, right? And so I heard another good principle. Somebody has been using, do you see this in your future? That's another good question to ask. How do I know where to keep or get rid of Do you see this in your future? Well, if that item is an Apple product, you're going to have to buy a new one every two to three years, right? So it doesn't apply for technology, okay? So... I've, I've been thinking about this, but what's more important than asking how do I know what to keep, what to get rid of? How do I know what to buy? Right? How do I know what to sell? Right? I think a more fundamental question is how, like, what do you believe about stuff? What do you believe about materials? What do you believe about your belongings, your wealth, your valuables. What do you believe about that? Because that will fundamentally drive what you do with how to keep and how to get rid of it, okay? So we're going to discuss that today. We're going to look at a story in the Bible, okay, that talks about somebody that let go of something very expensive, very valuable, but it's not what you expect, okay? So we're going to read from... Uh, the book of Mark, okay, this TV is very, very far away from me today. I need it to be a little closer. Okay, share, share. Uh, Mark chapter 14, uh, and it says, While he, the he is Jesus, he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper. A woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. Have you heard this story? This is story ring a bell? Does it spark joy in your life a little bit? Okay. Pure, of pure nard. Okay. I'll explain what nard is in a, in a bit. She broke the jar. Uh-oh. Okay. 
and pour the perfume on his head. Now for you, you're like, so what? Okay? But in the next verse, we see that this causes a big issue. This is a problem. Okay? Verse 4. Some of those present were saying, indignantly, indignantly, okay, to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages. Wow, this bottle of perfume cost a whole year's salary. And the money could have been given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly, okay? Now, let me bring it into some context to us, okay? Now, um, some of you know that I love to cook. And why my food tastes so good, if you eat it, it's because of the salt that I use. It's a secret, okay? So I'll give you my secret. I use a salt called, do you guys know? I respect you if you do. It is called Malden salt. It is Malden salt, okay? Very, very expensive, actually, for per ounce for salt, right? And it's, and it's like, my wife never uses this salt, because she knows what will happen if she does, okay? Because if she uses the salt to put on her avocado toast every morning, I'm going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you know per ounce of that Malden salt costs, right? And I'll get indignant at her, okay? That's why we don't do that, okay? Silly example, silly example. Let me, let me give you a little bit more real example, okay? It's like, it's like if you're... It's like if my son, I'll, I'll bring it home. It's like if my son goes to Harvard Medical School and goes all the way in the last semester, he says, Dad, I want to be a pastor. And I'm going to drop out of medical school. I'm going to be like, what? Son, you know you just spent half a million dollars you know what we could have done with that money? You know how many cars and houses you could have had? Are you sure? Right? That is the effect that is happening in this room right now. Okay? Just to bring it home a little bit. All right? For you to empathize with like, why are these guys so mean? Why are these guys so judgmental? Right? No. They're, they're looking at this woman who is cracking this egg. All right? And very, very expensive perfume is coming out. And they're just like, this woman is an idiot. Okay, that is what's happening. Rightfully so, actually, right? Because some of us would say, like, you went to law school and you're going to drop out to be a veterinarian or whatever, whatever your dream is, right? So, uh, yes, what do we believe about our values? Very good, okay? <laughs> is it in disorder? Is that why? Anyways, uh, so, but Jesus says this, okay? Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want. Now, I don't know if that's very compelling to some people in this audience, okay? But Jesus is saying, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. So for some reason, this woman heard or found out that Jesus is going to die. She found that out through the grapevine, okay? And she arrived at this house, hosted him, and poured this expensive perfume on Jesus. Okay, now, 
Many of us will read this, and it's still not that convincing why she would pour this year's worth of salary perfume on Jesus, especially if he's going to die, right? Right? It's like, logically, we're still, like, we're not convinced, Jesus. Is that, like, you sound really, like, conceited or, you know, like, you sound like, very full of yourself that you're worth this perfume, right? I mean, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, that's 100% normal. You're supposed to have that effect as you read the story, okay? Don't try to force yourself, yeah, yeah, Jesus, you make a lot of sense here, right? Poor, you can always take care of the poor. You're one person that we're going to waste a lot of perfume on right now, right? You're supposed to have this, like, jarring, like something doesn't equate as you're reading it, okay? So you're very, very normal if you're going to read it that way, okay? And then Jesus says something peculiar. He says, truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world. Okay, let's just pause here what he just said. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world. Okay, that's a big statement that Jesus has just said. What she has done will also be told in memory of her. Wow. Even more so, we're saying this does not make sense what she has done. And now we're being told, wherever the gospel is being told, she will be honored and recognized for what she's done. Okay. Well, Jesus, I'm still a little confused at why what she did was so amazing and what that tells me about the gospel. And if you're in that state, again, very normal. You're supposed to be in that state as we read this story. Okay. So, Jesus, in a different book, explains a story to Simon, okay, the person whose house he's at, to explain what is going on, okay? And he tells this story. Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debt. And he asks, and he turns to Simon, who do you suppose loved him more after that? Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Who would you say? Right. If you said 500, you are correct, okay? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the debt, the larger debt. And it's, it's almost as if he like, okay, I kind of know where you're going at here, right? I tell you, her sins, and they are many, okay? Jesus, you had to plug that in, right? And there's, she's a lot. She's, she's a, she did a lot of bad things, okay? <laughs> so you just had to plug that in, right, Jesus? Uh, have been forgiven. So she has shown much love. But a person who has forgiven little shows only little love. Do you remember we, we did this whole series in Simplify based on the parable of the four soils? Do you guys remember the four soils, right? The first soil is path. Very good. The second soil is rocks, right? Third soil is? 
thorns, right? Thorny. The last soil is good, all right? And Jesus, right, the soil, right? On the path, there's no fruit, and the soil is, oh, what am I doing? (laughs) It's all planned to make you laugh at that moment, right? And, And so, bad, right? There's no fruit, right? And also the soil, bad, okay? I'm simplifying this story, by the way, oversimplifying, to, to be honest. And, and good shows us that, remember the flower, happy, fruit, right? Because the soil is happy. The soil is good, okay? Now, the rocks have, the rocks and the thorny soil have an inverse of the soil and the fruit, okay? Again, I'm hoping that this oversimplification helps us understand the story. Hey everyone, it's Eunice again. I'm pushing pause on Eddie's sermon for a reason. I want to give you fair warning that the next portion of Eddie's sermon is going to sound a little wonky. We had some technical difficulties, but rest assured, you'll still be able to listen till the end. Thank you so much for bearing with us as we are still learning to create great podcasts for you. Thanks again. And right back to Eddie. So the rocks, um, they have Right? But because there's so many rocks here, right? There's so many beliefs about ourselves that we are bad people, right? There's no deep roots that can form. And so, sooner or later, this fruit dies. Okay? Sooner or later, this fruit dies. This is like the example of like when you're in junior high, you've gone through no adversity in life. And you hear the gospel for the first time, and then you're like, I'm going to be a missionary, you're on fire. And the first, like your girlfriend breaks up with you, and then you're like, forget Jesus, God, this is terrible, my life's terrible. That's, that's the rocky soil example, okay? That's it. Anybody rocky soil people? I'm one of them. I've lived rocky soil life 13 times in my life. And so, the thorny soil is what we're focusing on in this series. The thorny soil, okay, is the, the soil is good. Yeah, we've been through some stuff, we've cleared out the rocks, you've done the therapy, you've done the healing prayer, you've created a new story about yourself. I love, I believe that Jesus loves me, but there is no fruit in your life because your external life has so many soil or so many forms that choke anything good that can happen. Do you know what I'm saying? And the Bible says that this is the, uh, it's due to the, the pleasures and the temptations and the earthly things of the world that choke any fruit from allowing to grow. Okay? Does that make sense so far? But again, we, we talked about, we need to be clear on what is good fruit. Why do we need to simplify our lives? Why do we need to remove the forms of our external world that cause so much confusion? We're constantly confused because our world, our external world are so confused. Our physical world, our, our relational world, our social world are so confusing and messy and cluttered. And we need to simplify them. Right? And the five things of fruit, what we talked about was your ability to donate, distribute wealth is a sign of fruit. The Bible talks about those who give thanks to God publicly and declare is a sign of fruit in someone's life. 
If you make a disciple, okay, you convert and you help someone mature and grow in the faith, that is a sign of fruit. Doing good works, social justice, doing humanitarian uh, work to make this world a better place, that is also fruit. Alright? But the hardest one that the Bible says, and is oddly maybe even the most important, is this idea to spread the ideology of love and self-control. Right? That is something that is a little bit more abstract, but here I find it interesting that the woman who gives the perfume, it reveal it reveals what she valued. It reveals what she valued. Some of you guys might not know, but this perfume, one of the reasons why people are having a hard time with her giving it up is because one, she is known to be a sinful woman, right? In ancient times, when someone is a sinful woman, she is a fruzi, okay? She is a prostitute of some sort, okay? Confirmed? I don't know, all right? But the perfume represents a dowry, okay? A dowry is when the family of the woman gives a gift to the husband, right? So basically, this woman is giving up the one thing that could actually get her married. She's giving up the one thing that will actually provide a life of security and social status. In essence, this thing that she just gave up, that she just got rid of, is something that represents her value in society. This means everything to me. This is my Harvard medical degree. This is my house that I pay off. This is the thing that I that is my is my title, my CFO position title. This is my PhD. This is the thing that represents my value to this world. I'm valuable because of this one item, this piece of paper, this this title, this LinkedIn profile, this whatever, my portfolio. Because it shows something that she valued more. She valued forgiveness. She valued forgiveness. It represented that she knows the weight of what she has done. And she knows that this man is able to forgive all of that. Here's the thing. What we see about what she believed about her values and belongings, she realized that this thing does not make, does not value me. My car doesn't value me. My clothes do not value me. My things do not value me. My degrees do not value me. It doesn't make me valuable or more valuable. But she chose to use this item, this very, very expensive item, to show what she values. And she values forgiveness. So when it comes to us, what do we, what do we, what do we believe about our valuables? 
or one. Valuables, valuables don't value us. Does that make sense? Our material things, our house, our clothes, our wealth, our possessions, our TV screens, they, they are not meant to make us valuable or value us in any way. Instead, it is a mentality that our valuables, they show what we value. They show what we value. Let me give you an example or a story. So, I get made fun of here at home a lot because I always tell this story and it always starts with this. Some of you guys might not know this, but my dad left when I was five years old, okay? And it's like this funny thing. You're not laughing, but usually everyone laughs, okay? I was like, hey guys, so you might not know, but my, my father left when I was five years old, okay? And he did. And it is a part of my story. And to summarize it, he left, and the belief that I have is that my father left because he wanted to make money. He, want, he wanted wealth, power, and he values power, wealth, and significance more than his sons, okay? I found out that I am not the legitimate son in his line, and, and that he had a whole other family in Korea. That's part of my story. And so, you know, I've always had this belief about my father. But recently, I have not shared with this with this community, but recently, my view of my father has changed. In a way that I actually respect him now. Okay? People who have sons, I can see, they're like leaning in a little bit about <laughs> what I'm about to say. Okay? My, my father, he, I, I changed the way I view him. And I actually can say I respect him. And I have not shared this story with this community because it's very vulnerable and it's very serious. So about five years ago, my father gives me a call. And he says that, um, that my brother, my half-brother, my older half-brother, is in a coma. I was like, what happened? How is he in a coma? And he's been in a coma for five days. What happened? And so my family, they later tell me that he went through something called carbon monoxide poisoning. Okay? Now, at the time, I didn't really know what that was or what that is or how you even get carbon monoxide poisoning. And if you Google it, which is a terrible thing to do, by the way, if you don't know what it is, you see an image of a person in a car and a, and a pipe connected to the tailpipe, or hose connected to the tailpipe of a car, and that hose is leading into the car window, and the window is closed. And I was like, oh my gosh! And to this day, the whole family is ambiguous at what really happened, okay? And they won't give me a straight answer, okay? So, my brother suffered carbon monoxide poisoning, he's in a coma, and we're freaking out. But here's the thing. My father, one of the reasons my view of my father, my belief about my father has changed is because my, dog, my, my, my father has spent his whole life creating so much wealth for himself. 
But when my, my brother was about to die in a coma, he spent his fortune keeping my brother alive. And then after my brother resurrected from the dead, literally, it cost another fortune to rehabilitate him. Because when my brother woke up, a lot of his, uh, uh, he had a lot of neuro damage from that. Right? He, he, he couldn't talk, he had motor skills. So it took another fortune to rehabilitate his physical body. And then it took another fortune to rehabilitate his mind. And then it took another fortune to rehabilitate his speaking ability. His oral. So again, I'm thankful if anybody's in the PT and OT and speech therapy profession because literally that changes people's lives and it works. Okay? And, and then after he was rehabilitated, my, my brother, he was still a little disabled. And so he couldn't work. He hasn't worked for the past five years. Right? And so my, my, my dad early retired and gave up his salary for my brother and took care of him for, for forever. Now, you, you hear this story and you're probably saying, of course. Right? What father would not do that for their son? But I will tell you, I was shocked. I was shocked because my whole life I believed something about him. That this guy cares more about his stuff and his wealth and his money than his own kids. And it's unfortunate that disaster had to happen for me to believe otherwise. It is unfortunate. But he showed me. He showed me that his money is what he values. He showed me that his valuables, that he values his son. Right? And it's a very powerful image. I said that it's very normal to view the story of the alabaster jar critically. You're supposed to, you're supposed to still believe in the story like this is this doesn't make sense. This is stupid of this woman to, to let this go, to waste this. In one of the versions of the story, it's Judas, the one that actually says that. And I find it very interesting that right after this story, in every version, do you know what the next story is? It's the story of the last supper. And it is when Jesus says and tells his disciples, I am going to give up my life for the forgiveness of the world. And again, you're supposed to have the same critical view of the Pharisees. Why would God give up his most prized possession, his son, for humanity?
his most prized possession. Because it shows what he values. I don't care when people say, God doesn't need us. God doesn't need us. I don't like it, and I don't care when people say that. Because you know what? God wants us. God, despite everything He knows, deems that humanity is still something worth redeeming. And it's worth the life of His Son. things, the thing we own, the things we have, it doesn't make you value. You already have value. You already have value. These things don't make you more valuable. They don't add any value to your life as a person, as a human being. You already have value. And that's the real message. something to get rid of. If you ask the question, does it spark joy? And you don't know how to answer that question like me. Maybe you can ask, how does this show my value? My values. How does this show what I value in life? How does this represent my values? What I care about? How does this Reinstate, remind, reinforce my values in life. And if it doesn't, get rid of it. You don't need it. Because it doesn't make you more valuable. It doesn't add any value to you as a person. But it's worth keeping. If it's something that shows your value, your heart, what you believe in, whether it's expensive or not, does that make sense? You know, here at HUD, I am so, one of the things I'm so proud of is that we, we did, we did a small campaign to raise $5,000 for a counseling office. And we have one. It's right up there. It's right up there. And I've already counseled a couple. Well, yesterday, in that office. And the breakthrough that we just had was, it was amazing. Like, it, it, you know it's good when somebody says to you, like, you need to get paid a lot of money to do this, okay? That's what you know, you're like, oh, I guess, wow, I guess it really helped you, right? I mean, there's a credible breakthrough that happened in that room, and we raised that funds for it, okay? And I'm so proud because here we have a value of really, that we're really using things that are our values. We don't just use funds or do things just for the sake of doing them. Do you know what I mean? We use every dollar in a way that really creates this space of safety. And I'm so proud of that room, as small as it is, as 
as, as, as little people as has come through that room? I don't know, guys. I'm so... I can't handle another suicide in this city. I preach... I preached at the, uh, a former church and a, a father runs to me and he stops me. He's like, Pastor Eddie. And I'm like, well, do you know me? <laughs> he just runs to my car, ambushes me. He says, can you talk to my son? And I'm like, why? What happened? He's in the hospital. Why? He's trying to kill himself. He's 15 years old. He goes to Troy High School. This city. And I met with him, and I'm like, he's a beautiful boy, he's a beautiful, smart, talented young man. But he struggles. He struggles with a lot of things deep inside. Pain, past, stories. I don't know if you've ever dealt with someone in your life that's taking their life or tried to attempt their life. It's devastating. Ugly divorce, my cousins. Ugly divorce. Ugly. I, I, I can't. I just look at these divorces and I'm like, why? What happened? They didn't have a safe space to talk about what's really happening in their relationship. They didn't have a safe space to talk about the abuse and things that they need to get over in their family. And guys, I cannot handle another school shooting due to mental health. Not, not in this city. If my if my children go to elementary school here in this city, I I cannot handle it. And I truly believe that what we are using our valuables for really represent our values. We care about human. We care about people understanding this thing called unconditional love. And we care about growth. And that's what we that's what we do. So I pray today that as you go home and you're struggling with our simple question that we were started out with, how do I know what to get rid of? How do I know what to keep? How do I know what to buy? Whatever it is, I really pray it shows your Shows what you believe in. And it reinforces what you believe in. And some of you might not know what your values are. That's okay. It's a journey. But one thing I do know is I hope you know that you already have value. You already have value. These things, these cars, I don't, need a car, I don't even care to drive a Tesla, guys. Does not make you a more valuable person to me, to anybody else, to God. Amen. That's pretty good. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we want to invite you to stay connected with us. Find us on Instagram at HugChurch or at HugChurch.com. Thanks so much, and until next week, a huge hug from Eddie and myself.